This is Ellen Bell, and welcome to Irvine History Today, uh, where we will be discussing all things Irvine, all things history. And actually today, very specifically, we will be talking about um, the Irvine, UC Irvine architecture here at KUCI. I think it's appropriate since we're here on campus to talk about that and specifically about the man who was responsible um, for this, uh, William Pereira. I can't really think of many other people who would be more uh, influential on the UCI campus than William Pereira. He was the man who was given the charge in 1959 to prepare the planning report for a new campus here before they had really even fully decided on building it. He was the one who kind of came up with the plan and scouted the locations. And he was not only interested in, I don't know, creating a, a plan with functional and aesthetically pleasing buildings, but he was very interested in in the life that would be experienced here by the students. He had, like I said, he was a visionary and a forward-thinking urban planner, and he did quite a bit of uh, talking about how life would be here, what these buildings would do, and how they would translate into um, the best possible standard for campus life at that time. It was a very positive time in the 1960s, um, early 1960, 59-60, and he kind of represented that that idea of that things could be made better and things could be made um, a, a wonderful utopian-like vision for the future. And so today I'm going to have a conversation with Alan Hess, who is an architect and historian. Um, he has written 19 books on modern architecture and urbanism in the mid-20th century. And locally here, he is an expert on William Pereira and one of the best people I know to be able to have a discussion about the master plan for UCI, and he's a UCI resident, and uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have him with us, and so I'm going to be playing a discussion that I've had um, with him on Irvine History Today. I appreciate your time. Sure, glad to be here, Ellen. Great, great. Well, I know that um, you are one of my, I've really enjoyed talking with you in the past about William Pereira, and You've done so much research, and you've uh, written some very thoughtful things about him. And uh, so I think you're the perfect person for us to talk about Pereira in regards to UCI and the history here, since he was really a seminal part of all that. And I thought maybe to start, you could give me a little bit of a background about him, um, maybe just a little bit of a, a, a primer about William Pereira, basically of his background or his personality. Why, how did he come to get the job here at UCI? Yeah. Well, he um, was one of the uh, major uh, corporate large architecture firms in Southern California in the mid-century period when Southern California was exploding in growth. Mm -hmm. um, so he was uh, a very important figure from that standpoint. Um, and uh, he was very well connected uh, to civic groups and to corporations and so forth. He, that's what he dealt with all the time. Um, but he also had a, a vision about what architecture can be, and you can see this in the kinds of buildings that he did. Uh, he wasn't just interested in building, uh, to, to build a building just for the sake of, you know, getting the commission, um, but he was interested in really shaping the whole region. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, you, you see that I said, you should mention, you know, a couple of buildings I know that people are familiar with, for example, um, um, 
LAX, and particularly the, the theme building. Here was a whole new gateway to the Southland, um, and he and his partner at that time, um, Charles Luffman, um, along with Welton Beckett and Paul Williams, designed LAX. It, the idea of the jet port was an all-new idea. Um, then there's a building like the Transamerica Pyramid in San Francisco, a corporate icon, but also a civic icon, which is was very heavily criticized when it was built, but uh, today is beloved by San Franciscans mm-hmm. uh, because it's unusual. I mean, Pereira had the ability to design buildings that captured a sense of the of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he also designed the L.A. County Museum of Art uh, as well. Again, a major commission that captured the aspirations of Southern California at that time. So uh, he had, as I said, a vision beyond just you know providing the functions of a particular building, uh, but going beyond that to create a better city. And um, I, I think that's particularly relevant to what he was doing at UC Irvine. I, uh, I love well. how you've called him or referred to him as a big picture guy, and he definitely had a flair for the dramatic. And I, I think some people might be pre- uh, surprised to know that he really did. He had a background in in motion pictures. That he he definitely had a um, an artistic flair that came from from those movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was uh, actually born in uh, Chicago, went to the University of Illinois Architecture School, but came out to Los Angeles about 1938 because his wife was a starlet mm-hmm. and was going to get in the movies. And Pereira, because of his connections, got a job with Paramount, um, first of all, designing uh, art directing uh, movies. And yeah, 1940, he won a, uh, an Oscar for Reap the Wild Wind for actually for special effects. It was a movie that had a giant octopus in it. And uh, <laughs> uh, he did it so effectively, he got an Oscar. Well, that's, I mean, it, it, it kind of is appropriate when you, when you kind of think of it, because he had this futuristic, um, I don't know, like I said, a flair for the dramatic and uh, a way of looking at things um, with kind of that creative uh, dramatic flair. So I, I think that's an interesting part about his story. Um, so how did he come to actually get the assignment here at UCI? Was it, you know, indirect at you know, what was happening here in, in 1960 at that time? Yeah. Well, in 1959, the University of California decided it wanted to build two new campuses, mm-hmm. one north at Santa Cruz and one south, but they didn't know exactly where to, uh, to put it. And they hired Pereira and Luckman to um, do a search of the whole region and decide where the best location was. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, wanted to have it serve the, you know, the expanding population. Um, they wanted it to be near enough to um, you know, urban areas so that it could interact with um, the, the city as it grew. And <clears throat> Pereira and Luckman uh, settled upon um, this site at the Irvine Ranch. At the time, the Irvine Ranch was still almost entirely agricultural and uh, uh, cattle raising. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was 90,000 acres of open land from the ocean to the, the foothills. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was right in the pathway of new development. Anybody could see it happening. The, the freeways were being planned. Uh, new subdivisions were coming into uh, you know, Fullerton, coming down towards Orange, Obviously, this Irvine Ranch area was going to be developed. 
And Pereira was in a, um, a really good position um, to um, not only find this site, uh, but then, as I was saying before, uh, to kind of lift the idea beyond the ordinary into something extraordinary. Because his idea was to combine a new city with a new UC campus at its heart. Mm-hmm. And because you know, this is completely open space, there was almost nothing here, they could start from scratch. And uh, prayer happened because of his you know, large commissions. He had done you know, major works for different corporations and civic groups in Southern California. He knew people both on the UC Board of Regents and on the Irvine uh, Foundation Board that controlled the Irvine Ranch. And so Pereira was the, um, the, the key person. They could have gone ahead and built a university here anyway. But Pereira said, you know, let's do something you know, grander, something mm-hmm. bigger, something that really looks to the future and prepares for the future in many different ways. We can talk about those. Um, and so he convinced them of this idea, and it, it was a visionary idea. Now, architects have been talking about, you know, building entire new cities from scratch for a long time. But here was an opportunity to do it, to actually build it. And uh, so it was a, just a, a, you know, a plum commission. And they, they, and they say that he truly was kind of an integral part of that actually happening because there was resistance on both sides of this, that the, the UC Board of Regents weren't really convinced that the Irvine Ranch was the spot and that the Irvine Company or the foundation was not really sure they wanted to get involved in all of this and that it was kind of his charismatic vision that he basically just sold them on the idea. He got them so excited about this vision that he had that it, it kind of propelled the whole thing forward. Right. And it wouldn't have happened, I don't think, uh, if Pereira and his personality had not been there to really make it happen. Right, right. And and so this visionary, this idea that he had of a um, kind of a utopian uh, place of learning or a city of le- learning, and um, let's talk a little bit about that. He was definitely um, a man of the future, and would you say that was kind of part of his times? Was that typical for where he was at the early 60s? Was this kind of a, a common view, or was he a revolutionary at that time? Well, he was definitely at the cutting edge uh, uh, at the time. Um, though, you have to remember, you know, uh, the 1950s uh, were a time of great uh, growth and expansion and new ideas and new technology. Um, the the uh, Depression had taken up the 30s, and then the war, World War, had taken up most of the 40s. People were tired of, of you know, depression and war. And so there was, once that was all done, an optimism uh, and a hopefulness uh, that inspired a lot of you know, revolutionary ideas. The civil rights movement uh, socially was a major part of that. But new technology... Um, uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, high-tech, um, uh, transistor radios, that was a brand new thing. Uh, communications, television was a brand new medium at that time. So it definitely was in the air, that uh, the idea that they could, you know, y- you could create the future and mm-hmm. that the future was hopeful. 
and the idea of solving the problems of American cities through a master-planned design for Irvine and the and, and the university mm-hmm. uh, fit that whole atmosphere of the times, no question. Right. And what were some of the the main, like, so when, as he was coming in and making the plan here, uh, some of the things that were his, that were different about him, what were some of the things about the plan for UCI that were kind of a, um, ahead of its time, in your opinion? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, just the idea of planning, the yeah. idea that you uh, could take everything that you needed, uh, you know, classrooms, uh, housing, uh, infrastructure, um, uh, connection to the, to the city, to uh, other people, et cetera, transportation. You could take all these elements of a city, and because it was a blank slate, mm-hmm. you could put them all together in an ideal way so that they were balanced, they worked together, they didn't trip over each other, they supported each other to create really uh, an ideal city. Um, so planning was one idea that Pereira was very committed to. Another was uh, an interest in the ecology. And yes. in, in this, he was really uh, way ahead of his time. I remember that uh, uh, Rachel Carson had written the book uh, Silent Spring in 1962. Mm-hmm. So this was and ahead of that. Really? This was, yeah, well, he was right there, I'd say, yeah, you know, like uh, kind of alongside that. that. Mm-hmm. But that was a revolutionary idea that, you know, we were, we had to take care of right. our air, our water, our land, and uh, treat it intelligently. And you see those ideas in uh, the whole concept for the university and the city. Um, it is, for example, I mean, it was the land that the university is on. It was uh, cattle grazing land, mm-hmm. just rolling open uh, grassland, and um, you know it was a, you know, often common at the time if you had rolling hills just to flatten them all. Right. So you had a nice flat site, and that was the easiest thing to build uh, buildings on. And um, but that's not what Pereira did. He respected nature, respected the natural topography, respected the open spaces, mm-hmm. respected the, uh, the wetlands and the natural you know, draws of the, of the land. And he designed the campus with those in consideration. And I, I like to point out that the, the original buildings do not sit heavily on the ground. They float above the ground. Um, and that was one of the ways that Pereira kept the original topography and um, yet fitted all of these uh, school buildings uh, into it. Right, it, yeah. It was a great, a great idea. Could you explain that a little closer? I, was, I, I heard this. I love the idea of them floating. In fact, you've even referred to some of the buildings as being almost like the prows of a ship you know, with the coming across, and, and it's really true, but how that, how did he achieve that effect of the kind of looking as if they were floating on, on the ground? Yeah, well, these are big buildings, right. obviously, <laughs> stories, but um, he, uh, the, 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 the ground floor on Langston Library or the um, student center 
um, or the humanities buildings, engineering buildings, the ground floor coming down to the ground is pulled in. Right. And a, uh, a balcony is, surrounds most of those buildings, so you can walk all the way around them, but it's one level up. So the ground floor kind of disappears in the shadows, and the bulk of the building that you see seems to rise from this balcony almost as if it were floating in the air. It gave uh, his buildings a very uh, light uh, feel to them, even though they are very large Massive buildings. structures, yeah, and they kind of do. They have this feeling that they're, they're kind of lightly weighing on the land as opposed to just grounded in there. And I think I'd, right. I'd never, I mean, I've noticed that about the buildings, but I didn't really understand why <laughs> until I had um, um, learned of your work. But that's exactly how it appears to me as well. And he was also very uh, forward thinking about um, energy conservation, wasn't he, as far as yep. he, the design of the buildings? Yeah. Uh, of course, the main feature that everybody notices, notices about all those original buildings is that they have sunscreens on them. Uh, those um, kind of, well, they're prefabricated concrete sunscreens that are attached to the, the, the exterior of the building. And the purpose of those was to control the sun. Of course, we have a very uh, sunny, warm climate. Right. Yeah. You want to keep the sun, the direct sun, from entering the building, and yet you also want to have glass and openness so you can see from inside to outside. So these uh, sunscreens uh, very effectively help to control the sun and to do it passively, because mm -hmm. uh, if you don't allow the sun to come in and heat up the interior of the building, then you don't have to have mechanical air conditioning, right. or you don't have to have as much mechanical air conditioning to keep the building inside cool. So you can hear, early 1960s, Pereira is thinking about these issues of, of climate, of ecology, even of energy conservation at that point. Right. And this is long before there was an Earth Day or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was really kind of, a, a, like you said, a revolutionary new idea at yeah. the time. And um, now, and you had said that now all of the different campuses or the different learning areas have a different type of um, sunscreen. I guess is it based on where they are in, in the campus, or um, yeah, to um, uh, kind of unify each academic area. So okay, the, so it's an identity um, thing. Yeah, the humanities have. areas, the, uh, uh, the the first buildings there uh, have the same sunscreens, but then you go to the science. Um, building Steinhaus Hall directly uh, next to it, and um, it has a different uh, configuration. Mm -hmm. Same idea of sunscreen, but they are shaped differently. So, so again, he, he was quite aware of not making everything monotonously. Right. So design same. design was still very much a part of it, and the aesthetics of it. But he wanted to that for that function and the the design as well. And right. he, he was, it seems like this was another thought too, his, his wanting to reduce the dependency on the automobile. And, you know, at the early, late 50s, early 60s, I mean, America was very much in love with the car, right? I mean, it was a, people wanting to tra travel by car and, and get out there and do that. And, and he was trying to get back to more of a pedestrian friendly, um, campus. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, now, this has to do also with one of the great lost opportunities 
of uh, the campus. Uh, Pereira originally saw that the campus itself and the Irvine Town Center would be completely united, mm-hmm. uh, would be you know, right next to each other so that people could walk from one to the other. And he designed a really you know, a, a town center. It's not the shopping center that we now know right, uh, right there, but it was a complete town center with uh, high-rises and offices and uh, professional buildings and uh, pedestrian malls with sidewalk cafes and stores uh, along the ground floor, apartments above, uh, a mix of people, uh, and the cars were kept at the periphery, and the core of it was pedestrian-oriented. Now, right. this is an idea that you know has been called been called revolutionary in the last you know ten twenty years. <laughs> but again, Pereira planned very thoroughly, uh, and this entire town center, which was to be united with the university, uh, back in the early nineteen sixties. Right. Now. It, it was never built as as he had envisioned it, uh, unfortunately. But uh, that wasn't his fault. Uh, you know, but you, you can see again how revolutionary, uh, forward looking he was. No, it's it's true, and and I think that it's 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 you know as we come to understanding of him today and looking at Pereira's work and his design ideas and not only just for the campus for but really eventually for the master plan of the city of Irvine that those ideas have kind of come full circle I know they you've mentioned that they kind of went out of fashion for a while and the style of buildings and architecture goes in and out of taste and and whether people like the buildings or don't like the buildings but the design ideas and the concepts that he came up with really have kind of come full circle yeah, yeah, he was ahead of his time, very definitely. Um, he was, uh, unfortunately, um, his re- reputation kind of declined um, in uh, the late 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, and uh, by the time he had died in the 1980s, um, he was just kind of pigeonholed as, you know, a big corporate architect who did, you know, big buildings for, you know, corporations. Right. Um, but when we go back and actually look at you know his his best work, like UC Irvine, mm-hmm. uh, we see that he was you know much more complex as a designer, much more with much more to teach us today uh, than has been assumed in recent years. Well, he always I've heard him uh, written that he had said that this was one of his favorite projects, um, you know, Irvine and the city and, and certainly UCI. And possibly it was that opportunity to just really have this blank slate to be as creative and use these concepts. It was probably the most kind of creative <laughs> opportunity that he had had, had up to that point. And oh, yeah. I, I yeah. think we still see the benefits today. And um, so the, the legacy of, of William Pereira, I mean, it, it's like you said, um, kind of in and out of fashion and but I think it's kind of come full circle and what is a good way that people can be preserving that or aware of that today yeah well you see this a lot uh, in the reputation of um, of architects <clears throat> they have a period of you know success but then they're kind of neglected and then uh, eventually they you know return to favor mm-hmm. unfortunately we're not he has not completely returned to favor yet. And there's still people who do not 
think uh, his buildings are very beautiful or that uh, they need to be preserved. And uh, the, unfortunately, the university has been you know, remodeling uh, and tearing down many of the original buildings on Don't campus, uh, yes. losing the the cohesion mm-hmm. of Pereira's original master plan for the campus. Um, people, it's just out of fashion for some people, and it's just not understood by many more people. So that's why it's so important that today uh, we do understand uh, what he actually was all about, because it, it's extremely valuable and uh, you know the, the qualities that he built into his buildings, uh, not only spatially and architecturally, but in terms of the um, en- uh, sun control and energy mm-hmm. conservation mm-hmm. and uh, maintaining the natural landscape, etc. Those things uh, we need to keep, but we are in danger of losing right. many of those ideas. Right. And, and they are, couldn't be more important than they are today. So, so yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to give us that education and remind us of, of some of Pereira's most interesting and, and important things that he left here and that are still important today and enjoyed today. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And the next, I, I, I reserve the right to talk with you again. Uh, next thing, we'll have to talk about University Park as he planned uh, uh, the city of Irvine, the next step. Okay, anytime. Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much. And thank you to Alan Hess for being my guest here today on Irvine History Today at KUCI 88.9 FM. And I hope that you understand that, uh, like I feel, is that history is a lot more than just a bunch of memorized dates, but it's also, it can be in the buildings that you see every day. So hopefully you'll see them a little differently when you pass by on your way to class. And uh, I hope to see you again next week. Thank you very much.